Very good. Yeah. So um, this morning, my message today is called Maximize Your Moment on Planet Earth. Maximize your moment. You know, this is a bit of a, this is a Glenn classic this morning. So um, I'm just, I'm just really, um, am believing that God is going to really just spark your faith again, just to realign your vision again with his goodness. You know, like he is good all the time. Tell your neighbor he's good all the time. Awesome. I want to share an amazing verse with you, one that I learned really quickly as a, um, a young Christian. It's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, and I love it. This is something you can align your life with here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. You know, this verse is about God saying, hey, if you trust in me, if you get me into your moment, if you allow me to come into, your, into, into the paths of your life, then I'm going to maximize it. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to give you double time to get to those goals in your life. And, and he says, trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Do you know, I just very quickly looked at this and thought, man, he has built our heart uh, in such a way that it can go places that our mind cannot go. You know, sometimes we look at what God's calling us and logic says, this is nuts. This is a crazy idea. What are you thinking? But there's something in our heart. He's so designed our heart to be able to carry faith, to be able to carry a vision. You know, Paul said, open the eyes of my heart and pour out the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He knew that our heart was the one that would carry us forward. He knew that He speaks to us in our heart, in the place of our spirit. You know, we're, we're traveling up to Nelson in a few weeks. Um, we've got a, a week of holiday, and, and we're looking forward to that. And I was thinking yesterday, you know, if they took every bend in the road out uh, on the way, to, and, and, you, and we went as the crow flies, you know, like has anyone flown in New Zealand to, to Nelson? You get there like in, a, oh, I don't know, 30 minutes it feels like. You know, it'd just be, it'd be a, a, a it's, currently it's like a five-hour trip. I reckon you could get there in about two hours if we could just go, you know, that'd be good. I just tunnel through the mountains and we'd be there in double time. Do you know what the Word of God says here? When, when we trust in Him with all of our heart and we acknowledge Him as Lord, we, we're actually giving Him permission to reduce the time-wasting bends in our lives. You know, every time you get to a bend on the road, you've got to slow down, change gears, go on a kind of slightly different direction, you end up tacking your, your way to the destination. But he's all about maximizing our lives so that we can get there in the best time possible. Isn't that good? He doesn't want us to waste time. It's so that we can be free because that's what it's all about. It's like, you know, I just want you to be able to run true, run free with the vision uh, that you have for your life. And so acknowledging Christ in every area of our life gives us this, um, this blessing where he can maximize uh, our lives. And it says he will make our paths straight. This is paths. This is not just a path. You know, we've all got multi-dimensions going on in our life, haven't we? We're like, we'd, we've got a career, we've got a family, we've got our finances, we've got different paths that God's saying, hey, will you, will you allow me into this pathway of your life? And, and so what does that mean to acknowledge him in a pathway? 
What does that mean? I want to just talk a little bit about this for a moment. Maybe in the pathway of your family is, is as simple as asking, you know, as prioritizing our children and asking God to help when you're stuck in a moment. You know what it's like to be stuck with your kids and it's like, oh, what am I doing here? Maybe it's just like, hey, I need to put my kids first again. You know, the pathway of our finances, that, that is, this is a huge area in our lives. This is like the, this is where we're, we're, we're believing and, and trusting for a lot of our dreams to come through, through our finances. But God's saying, hey, put me first. Put me first in your finances. Trust in me with all your heart in your finances. What does that look like? The Bible says actually that we should honor him with the first fruits of our income. With the first thing. You know, like the money comes in, the hundred comes in, and, and, and that's awesome. We're like, yeah, well, we earned that, and that's great, and that's ours, but actually God gave us the ability to earn everything, so it's actually his, you know. And so he says, hey, honor me with the first fruits. And the Bible talks about the tithe. But, you know, as we honor him, as we trust him, as we give, we give him permission to invade the 90% of what's left over. You know, when we, we give with an open hand and we say, God, there you go. There you go. That's yours. We hold our hands up to him. But we're, as we're holding our hands out, he can put something in it. We're trusting in Him. We're trusting in, you know, the pathway of our career. That's another big thing that we're, like, we're thinking about a life, whether we're at home at the moment or whether we're studying. You know, it's an area that God wants us to trust Him with. In Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work with it with all your heart as though you're working with God and not for man. You know, wherever you're at right now in your life, God's saying, hey, remember, you're not working for man. You're working for me. You're working with me. You are with me. This is, this is all about us. God wants to maximize every pathway of your life. Come on, he does. He doesn't want you to just kind of waste time, just like trying to do it your own way. And he's like, no, trust in me. I'm going to make it straight. I'm going to straighten it out. I'm going to make it so, you know, like the quarter-mile dragster, boom, they just, they go for it. There's no bends on that or else they'd be in trouble. But he's built us to go fast. He's built us to go, to go places. Monday night um, at conference, I had this amazing kind of moment. I just, I went on Monday night and that was all that I needed at conference. Um... Uh, uh, we had this guy called Joe, Joel Cave from Glow Church on the Gold Coast. You know, he's suffering for Jesus over there. And um, he's, he's just really doing amazing things. He actually just led one of the Australian uh, rugby players to the Lord, uh, one of the wingers who plays for, the, uh, I think, the Gold Coast Titans. He, the guy turned up into, uh, in, in, into their premises on Wednesdays, and, and he asked him if he could hang out. And Joel's like, yeah, we can hang out here as, uh, as long as I can do Bible studies with you and take you out for lunch. And so he said, yeah, that's all right. And um, he led him to the Lord. You know, this guy, he's, he's great. God's doing amazing things. And, and Joel um, was just, he, he invited all the pastors up and he said, hey, hey, what is your vision? I want you to get ready to catch a bigger vision from God. And I was like, okay. And I was just like, Deb and I were standing there in this moment. And, and I was just going, you know, okay, God, what, what is it? And then he, he prayed for a bit. And then he said, I don't know what your target is, whether it's 100, 200, 500, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000. And, um, and I don't know if he went on there, but when, when he said 10,000, I just, I just have to be real with you. The power of God just hit me and I fell on the ground. I was just like, smash. 
And um, I spent some time on the floor amongst the, the legs of the um, other pastors. And um, in that moment, God just reminded me of, of this growing love that I have for our region, that I have for our town. That, I mean, I'm just, even, the, even what's happening in, with the rebuild, I'm just like proud to live in this town. I just think that Rangiora in North Canterbury is the most wonderful place to live. Like, I was always, um, I was, as, a, as a young person, I was like, I just want to get out of this place, you know? I don't want to live in here. I don't want to settle down. This is too small. It's just like, ah, I'm going to get squashed in Rangiora. But I've just had the sense that God is doing something in this town, and I am excited to be in this region for such a time as this. Um. And I'm going to go back to that a little bit later in my message, you know, but Jesus Christ has an incredible plan for this town to redeem, restore, and renew every aspect of society. There's no issue surrounding us in this region that is puzzling God today. He's not confused about anything. He's not, he's not saying, hey, angels, just can you give me some more poor for, for North Canterbury? I didn't know if I can do it. Help! He's like, no, no, there's enough power, there's enough insight, there's enough revelation that he carries for our region. And he's saying, hey, will you partner with me? Will you trust with me in the areas of your life so that, so that we can maximize your moment and, and grow a bigger vision for this area? He's, he wants to do something really big in this town. And I just saw, I saw it. I was like, there's something big he wants to do here, and it involves us. It involves Thrive. It involves all the churches in this town. And he's calling us to engage with his, his, uh, his vision and his, and his, um, his heart for the, for the people of this community. I just want to pray. We're just going to read from um, 1 Samuel 14 now. It's, it's just my go-to section of the Bible when I'm like, I just want to... I just want to I want to go up, God. We're going, we're going up. So I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just, I just give you thanks for your word, for your written word, for your Rima word, for the word of love, Lord, um, that you want to speak into our lives today, God. I, just, I pray, Father, for anyone today who feels like they're stuck in a moment, Lord, that they can't get out of, Lord, that you just break mindsets. Lord, just, we just open our hearts to you. We open our hearts to your call. We open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read this. 1 Samuel 14. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to the Philistine outposts on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying under the pomegranate tree. With him were about 600 men. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the path that Jonathan had intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go to the outpost of those men. Perhaps the Lord uh, will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, said the armor bearer. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come then, we will cross over towards them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up to us, we're going to climb up because that will be a sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. 
The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, Come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into, a, into the hands of Israel. I love it. They went on up and they caused some carnage and God did a miracle and basically they routed the enemy and then the whole of the, the rest of the army came in behind them and they just saw a real shift in the, uh, the warfare position. Uh, so it's a great story of, of just one man, two people actually, two people going up and maximizing their moment uh, in, their, in their place in time. So today I just want to share five keys to maximizing your moment on planet earth. Uh, first one is, and they're real simple, uh, is connect with a vision. Connect with a vision. Jonathan had a trusted armor bearer that was going the same way as him. And they shared together their place in history. He said, go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Amos 3, 3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? I just want to ask you today, where are you going? And who are you going there with? Do you know where you're going? You know, you're called to go somewhere. You're called to a vision. The Bible says that without a vision, people actually perish. People go astray. Everyone needs a vision in their lives. If you don't have a vision, I want to encourage you today to join with someone who has a vision. The armor bearer, he didn't necessarily have a vision, but he was a friend and in a trust relationship with, uh, with Jonathan. And he was to say, yeah, I'm going to join your vision and I'm going to connect with your vision. And, and they shared this vision together. And I want to encourage you today, if you're like, I just don't know where I fit in, even in this church family, I want to encourage you to just to join something, to join a connect group, to join the host team, to join a group of people that believe in something and are going somewhere. You need to be connected to the vision of this house in some way. If you want to have longevity here at Thrive, I want to encourage you to connect to the vision of where we are going. The second point I want to bring today is that we need to walk in victory before we see the victory in life. This is, like, this is the, one of the most important things to get as a Christian. Because when we start walking in victory, we start walking in faith. You know, and unless we walk in faith, we cannot inherit anything from the kingdom of God. You know? We have to be walking in faith. And so faith is there for us when we're in a moment of tension. And it's like, I don't have the answers, but something is alive in the inside of us. Victory is alive because we are in a place of faith. Jonathan said, hey, perhaps the Lord is going to act on our behalf. Perhaps he will, perhaps he won't, you know. Perhaps, perhaps we're going to die, but perhaps we're going to have victory. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. He has his perhaps, then he backs it up with a statement of faith. You know, I believe God's calling us to live in, in a perhaps. No matter what situation we face in life, whether it's lack or sickness, perhaps God is going to do something incredible. And so let's go up and do it because God, is, God could join with us right now. Let's, let's be people who move forward. For Jonathan, this was like a trust in the Lord uh, moment. Faith and hope, they cause us to live with optimism on the front foot of life. Sometimes, um, you know, I live in a family with five kids, and, and it's quite funny. Sometimes it feels like the kids are winning. 
you know, parents. <laughs> and sometimes it feels like we're winning. It's cool, though, when we're all winning. It's really, really cool. I, um, a few weeks back, we were having a really challenging time with a couple of our younger kids. And one day um, after work, I find myself actually not looking forward to going home. <laughs> I don't know if anyone, I'm just being vulnerable here, right? I love my kids, but I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to walk into today? And, um, and then I was just driving down Queen Street. I remember it so clearly, and God said to me, you've got a victim mindset about this issue. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. That's great. Thank you, God. And um, so I was like, hey, God, I just, you know, I surrender my, my attitude here about, you know, having five children and just being feeling a little overwhelmed with, with the chaos sometimes, you know. I'm just like, let's just bring it and make it real because this is, this is life. And, uh, and, and I remember I, um, I walked in the door and sure enough, that something happened. It was, it was a little bit crazy for a time there. And I was like, I could have reacted. Yep, I could have like um, just brought out the rod of correction. <laughs> and I was like, I, know, I just need, to, I just need to, to take a moment. And so I just kind of let, hey, God, how do I, how do I deal with this? How, I actually had to cool down. I was like, hey, God, how do I deal with this? And, and I asked God, how do I respond to this moment? And um, I chose to respond in love. Like when I, when I asked God to be in my situation, it was like I'm suddenly, I'm partnering with love. And, and, I, and I called them, and I, so I sat them down on the bed, three of them, and I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to challenge you right now. And I called them up into being who they're called to be. I called them up. I was like, come on, you can do better. I, I, I actually told them, I started by saying, you know, I love you guys so much that I would actually, if something was going to happen to you and you were going to get seriously hurt or die, I would die in your place. I would, I would do anything. I, we, we, mum and dad, we absolutely love you guys to pieces. There's no question about our love for you. And then I gave them a really strong correctional talk for five minutes. It was a real kind of dad correctional talk. It was like, Arr! but I love you at the end. <laughs> and it was really cool, actually, because um, one of them went downstairs afterwards to mum crying. And I'm like, oh, man, I've really messed that one up. And, um, and Deb asked what was wrong. And, and um, they said, dad just told us how much he loved us. I was like, winning. Winning. They didn't, you know, they, they he took that other side of it, but the main thing he carried away was from the fact of, of how much we, we love our kids. You know, having a, a victim mindset in any situation of, of our life, whether it be, you know, raising our children or, or just, you know, uh, our finances, you know, ha- having a victim mindset prevents us from seeing the victory that God is hiding for us and holding for us. You know, he's holding victory in every area of your life. He, he just, he, just every path. He just can't help it. He just has it. And so, you know, when, when we find ourselves feeling less than in every area, he's saying, just surrender it. Just surrender it and get a perspective because I want to maximize your moment here on this planet. The third thing I want to talk about today is um, look at your problem for something, um, as an opportunity for something great to happen. Look at your, pro- and that was exactly what happened for me. 
something great is going to happen. There's a problem here, but God wants to do something great. There was only two swords in the entire army of Israel. Jonathan had one, and the king Saul had the other. But all that Jonathan could see, despite having one sword up against like 600, I think there were, in the Philistine outpost, was an opportunity for God to bring a breakthrough. There was a hill to climb up to the enemy. It's not ideal. But but Jonathan had this cheeky faith. He's like, come on, me and God, we're in this. I'm going to believe for something. I'm going to do something. I'm gonna, they're, they're sitting under the tree. I'm going to go out and do something. This looks like a problem. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to move. This is an opportunity for God to do something amazing. When I was on the floor um, tracking back to Monday night, uh, the amongst the pastor's feet, um, God, the second thing God showed me was just like his incredible love for people in our town. Like he just kind of lifted the lid a little bit and I just saw a glimpse of his heart for our people in our community. I just like, wow, my gosh. He loves our town so much. He loves the people in our region so much. And and that 10,000 number, I've thought about that a lot this week because um, I'm kind of like, wow, could we have a church of 10,000? I was like, yeah, oh, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, thank you for that response. Why not? That's right. Who wants to have a cheeky faith and go up and do something crazy, something reckless, something incredible? It's awesome because at least 40,000 left over for the other churches in Rangiora and in the region. We're just going to, you know, there's plenty. There's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of people that God wants to love. Wants to. We have got a mission field at our feet. We've got a mission field at our doorstep. This is our mission field. You don't have to go to Cambodia to, to, to release the kingdom and release the gospel of love. You can walk out the door and go and bless someone. We've got, and I, and I believe, and today, I, I, want, I want to pray for everyone at the end. Actually. I just want to release faith, a vision for this thing. Like I know we've talked about a bigger building and all that, and that's well, that's just that's going to be a byproduct of God doing something incredible in the lives of people around us. So we're all about like God just bringing, and and I'm not saying that we're necessarily going to be a church of ten thousand, but we could be a church of ten thousand, perhaps. Thank you. So the second, uh, the fourth thing, sorry, I'm just asking you to do today is embrace your gift to bring kingdom influence in your world. Jonathan was a forerunner. He went in first. He was a leader. And I believe everyone has a grace of leadership on their lives. Everyone has got some way that they're influencing, whether you're looking after children, whether you're um, overtly Christian in your faith, or whether you're covertly Christian in the way you bring kingdom culture and kingdom values. Everyone has, carries the capacity to bring kingdom uh, revelation about 10 years ago, I just want to read you this, in a press release on their website, Korn announced they were parting ways with Welsh, the band's lead guitarist. Korn were like hard as heavy metal kind of uh, genre. And um, so uh, I think his name's Brian Welsh. He'd chosen the Lord Jesus Christ as his saviour. And he decided that he'd be dedicating his musical pursuits to that end. And this stunned the music world, leaving many scratching their heads and some dedicated fans saying it must be some kind of practical joke. Since um, 
1994, corn had been the driving force in a rap metal genre, and they were just, they were like a heavy metal band. Their lyrics uh, were mostly based off uh, traumatic childhood experiences, and they were dark and sometimes disturbing. And if you looked at that band, you would go, man, anyone from that band is the last, you would not expect anyone to go to church or let alone be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so Brian um, testified about how his life was on the brink of destruction uh, when a friend gave him a Bible. And he went on to say, you know, it's not about religion. It's not about this church. It's not about me. It's about the book of life. You know, and he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and this was back in 2005, and he rejoined the band in 2012. And I think I, like, there's definitely others in that band that are now Jesus followers. Some say that there's only one left that isn't a Jesus follower now. Is that right, Mitch? Is that what? Yeah, the, the, lead, the lead vocalist. So that band has been transformed from because one person gave one guy a Bible And imagine what their fans and followers are hearing around the world. You know, nothing is too hard for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's something we are, you know, nothing is too hard. Come on, nothing. Like, we don't, I know, it's like two people going up against an army when we walk out this door, but nothing, nothing. It says here in Romans 10, 13, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, you're born to carry good news. Come on, tell your neighbor that their feet are looking beautiful today. The last point I want to bring today is to look for the miraculous. To look for for heaven engaging with what you're going to go out and do. They went up to the army. There was an earthquake. Panic happened. The Holy Spirit did something radical. Jesus got involved with their victory, and he wants to get involved with every victory, with every uh, with every challenge you're facing to bring a victory into those places. He just lives with an opportunity mindset. Yeah, if we have the band up, that'd be awesome. Last week, um, when we were, I think we were at conference, but Deb had um, a picture of an angel entering Rangiura, flying down Ashley Street, then going down River Road and brushing its wings along the houses as it went. Then she saw angels' wings spread over the roofs of the houses in Rangiura. Um, as this was happening, every home was illuminated with light, and it was though the, the roofs were, were shining with light, she said. You know, there's, there's hope, like... We are the light of the world. We are called to bring hope into our town and into our community. And you're a part of it. You're a part of it. Let's just stand this morning.